0: All right, you can turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to throw you off today. We kind of bridged the gap today between 4 and 5 since we missed last week, but I'm going to go back to chapter 4 and look at one quick thing. But before I do that, if you'll allow me a minute to stand on the soapbox. Can I do that? I just got to say something. These things tend to get me in trouble. Ben, thank you for leading us to worship. And I, I would attempt to rattle off every name that was just on this stage, but I'll miss somebody and they'll get mad at me, so I'm not going to do that. But instrumentalist, choir, thank you. Thank you. Now, we we read and we hear about things called worship wars, and we argue about music style and what kind of songs we sing and whether we sing from the screen or the book. But let me just tell you something. What did we just sing? We sang a few songs, didn't we? But what did we sing about? This is what we just sang about this morning. Jesus loves the unlovable. Has anyone ever been that person? I am. I know that. Ask those that get close to me. It's always scary when the pastor kind of lets you into his circle. Because then you figure out what he's really like. That's scary. But we've all, we're all in that position of life where, in a lot of ways, we're not worth loving, right? We just sang about Jesus loves the unworthy, any of us sitting in this room worthy enough to receive the love of Jesus? Jesus loves the unwilling. Even if we're not willing to follow Jesus, he loves us anyway. That's what we just sang about. It's almost unbelievable, is it not? And we have some skeptics in our world thinking, you know what, this is just hooey. Following Jesus, you just need an excuse or a crutch to lean on through the hard times of life. It's incredible the love that is showered on us from our Savior. So our proper response to that is to do what? We worship. We worship. And that's what we just did. We worshiped the King of Kings that sent His Son to save us and give us life. So thank you, choir. I don't care what we sing. I don't care what book it's out of. If it draws us to Jesus and focuses our attention to Him, to the foot of the cross, to worship in His presence, let's sing it, Ben. All right? There's your permission. If anybody's got a problem with it, come talk to me about it. It's all about Jesus. And let's worship him. So let's continue today as we study the word of God. I'll get off the box, okay? Now we'll get to the Bible. Does anyone have a problem in their life with self-control? That's a tough question, huh? Some of we don't want to raise our hand. Some of us quickly do that. At times in life, we struggle with this thing called self-control. I know a lot of us, it it like boils over on Saturdays for some reason or another it's just something about it whether you're connected to certain programs or not you just get you just lose it but in life we have these opportunities or instances where we struggle with self control whether it's in the car on the way to work whether it's dealing with people in your office or your family, I know Thanksgiving's coming and you're going to have to learn to practice some self-control around the dinner table. But we all know if we don't deal with it, we know of someone else that struggles with the issue of self-control in their life. What about our culture? Do we have a self-control issue in our world? We don't have anybody that speaks their mind, do they? No. We don't have to deal with difficult people in our world at all. Well, today I want to talk about this issue of self control. And as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, how we should respond when it comes to our emotions. Is it healthy to have emotions? Should we express our emotions? What does Jesus have to do with this? So, today, as we look at chapter 4 and 5, we've bridged that gap. Paul has transitioned from understanding a new life in Christ. To now, at the end of the book, near the end of the book, he's talking about, okay, how do we live this new life in Christ? He's giving examples on how do we go about the day-to-day living of following Jesus. In chapter 4, we see some characteristics of those who follow Christ living that new life. So today, I want to focus in on just two verses in this section and draw some application. So if you would, turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to look at verses 26 and 27. How appropriate today, 26 and 27. Paul says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. Let's pray. Father God, right now, I ask that you would fill this room with your presence. And as we draw application from this passage in the word of God, I pray that you would move in our hearts, in our minds, that we would draw closer to you. And I know as we struggle in our life, dealing with the issues that we deal with every day, Father, I pray now that you would equip us with the skills, with the understanding, with the knowledge that we so desperately need to make a difference in the lives of those around us. May we understand now what it means to be a light. And how to let that light shine in our families, in our communities. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We've heard these verses often, right? These are familiar words in scripture. And I'm sure our mamas and our daddies have reminded us of the fact that in our anger we should not sin. We even go to the point of talking about how anger is a sin and we should not ever be angry. Well, there's some misconceptions there. So today I want to draw out some observations on self-control in the life of the believer. And you can follow along on Version. I know the outline's there on the app or you can follow along on the screen, take some notes in your worship folder. But today, I want to share some observations on self-control that we find in these two verses and in the believer's life that we see through Scripture. As we read, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. We see three things Paul's drawing out when it comes to the emotional life of the believer. Number one, believers can express emotion. As a believer, as a follower in Jesus, it is okay for you to express emotion in your life. But, we must be careful not to let it control us. Regardless of the emotion, we have to be careful to not let this emotion control our lives. Look at the verse, be angry and do not sin. The struggle is, are you letting that emotion control your life? The reality of it is, in our lives, we cannot let emotion gain control over us. It's not okay to throw a fit. All the kids left, didn't they? Let's bring them back and say that again. It is not okay to throw a fit in Walmart when you want that toy. You ever go to the store and your kids, can I have that? Can I have that? It's just nonstop. But we do that too as adults, don't we? It's not okay to throw a fit when you don't get what you want, when things don't go your way. You can express emotion, but don't let it control you. It's not okay to seek revenge in your life. Anyone ever done something to you, and you just just want to get them back? They deserve it, and they need to feel the pain that I felt. That's letting that emotion control you. Don't seek revenge. Don't dishonor God's name with that emotion that you're feeling. It is okay. We see that in the life of Jesus, he expressed emotion often. But the key is control. The key in our life is control. Look at Proverbs twenty-nine, eleven. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. A wise man quietly holds it back. Now I can ask you the question, are you a wise man? A lot of us say at times in our lives that we're not. We struggle with this issue of holding back our emotions. Paul reminds us to be angry and do not sin. And we see that righteous indignation playing a role in the life of Jesus, especially when he's in the temple, struggling over what true worship is. The truth of the matter is there's a misconception in the church that we should not express emotion or feel emotion as a Christian. We should be perfect. And with Jesus, we don't have to worry about the struggles of life because he's with us. We shouldn't face issues like depression and anxiety because Jesus should take care of all of it. The reality of it is we do express emotion. We feel emotion as a believer, and that is okay. We just must not let it control us. We should be controlled by the Spirit instead. Be angry and do not sin. Number two, believers in our lives, when we express emotion, when we feel emotion, when we get upset with someone, when we have an issue or a conflict or difficulty with others in our lives, we should seek reconciliation as quickly as possible. We should seek reconciliation, otherwise, bitterness will set in in our lives. Look at the verse do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let it sit, don't let it fester. As a Christian, we must resolve it quickly. What happens when we let these emotions that we feel, the anger that we feel, the hurt that we feel just kind of sit in our lives? It does. It causes problems, doesn't it? Significant issues in our lives. Bitterness sets in. And sooner or later, we even forget what made us mad to begin with. And we just have this bitterness resting in our heart. The believer Should not let these emotions control us. We should seek to reconcile as quickly as possible. That's not to dismiss the sin or the misdoing. Some offenses are serious and hurtful. But as Christians, we should seek after reconciliation. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14: Strive for peace with everyone. Holiness without which, I'm gonna turn this off. We good? All right. I'll just stay here. Remind me, though, if I move, because I'll move. Say, I can't hear you. Hebrews 12, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. As a Christian, we have to understand our primary goal is to lead others to Jesus. And if we allow that bitterness to take root in our lives, and we fend off reconciliation, the reality is that we push people away from Jesus in the end. Believers should seek reconciliation as quickly as possible. Otherwise, bitterness will set in in their lives. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And lastly, number three, verse 27 tells us, Give no opportunity to thee, the devil. As we read, as we continue in this study of Ephesians, we find full well that there is an opposition in this world. There is someone that is leading us away from Jesus. And the reality of it is, when we feel and express emotion in our lives, we have to make room for Jesus. Believers must make room for Jesus and not the devil. We understand there's an adversary in our lives. There's an adversary that's actively seeking to draw us away from Jesus. And Satan is looking for any opportunity any opportunity in your life to draw you away from him. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If you're not aware of that every day in your life, then you've lost the battle. You understand when you wake up in the morning, there is an accuser that is fighting against you, that is trying to separate you in your relationship between Jesus and others. We must, in our emotional life, in our relationships with others, we must make room for Jesus. Now, some of us don't want to do that, do we? Because we know what will happen if we make room for Jesus, right? Because there's some people it's just more fun to be mad at. You agree? There's There's people in this world you just don't get along with. I mean, that's the reality of it is. We have different personalities. We have different perspectives on life. We believe different things. You sit on one side of the aisle or the other. You represent one party or the other. And it's just easier not to like them. But the reality of it is, regardless of the emotion that you're feeling or that you're expressing in your life, you have to make room for Jesus and share the love of Jesus with them. Remember what we just sang about this morning? Jesus loves the unworthy, the unwilling, the unlovable. And if Jesus loves you, he can love anybody. You agree? I know it's true for me. If he loves me, he can love anybody. So why not share that with somebody? Regardless of the emotion that we're feeling in our life, we must make room for Jesus. We must glorify God in all that we do and give no opportunity for the devil to step in and influence your life. Life is hard enough as it is without letting the devil grab a foothold, right? Let's make much of Jesus in our lives. The truth is, guys, as we feel emotions in our life, we must understand the fact that it is okay to express emotions, but we must be careful not to let those emotions control us. That we should seek reconciliation, otherwise bitterness will set in. And we must make room for Jesus and not the devil. Guys, the truth is emotions are natural. Everyone feels them, everyone experiences them in their life. There's no one that's walked the earth that hasn't felt some kind of emotion. They're natural, they're neutral. The difference is what you do with them, it's kind of like a knife. A knife can be used for good or evil, correct? It all depends on what you do with it. It's the same thing with your emotions. So what do you want Jesus to do in your life? What kind of work will you allow him to do in and through your life as you express emotion? Make room for Jesus. Guys, this is an issue that we struggle so heavily with in our world. In our culture, you don't have to go very far tomorrow when you wake up to find someone that has lost control of their emotions. So how are we going to redeem them, Christians? Followers of Jesus, how are you going to redeem them for the glory of God? We have to set the example. We have to show the way. We have to blaze the trail. So Christian, I challenge you this morning. Feel your emotions. Express them in a healthy way. And through those emotions, find an opportunity for Jesus to do his work in your life. I promise you won't regret it. And he'll do great things in and through you. He is the worthy one. He is the mighty one. He can do the unthinkable in and through your life. If you just trust in him and lean into that love that love of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much. Father, for the chance we have to come and study your word together. And as we draw application, understanding how to follow you, I pray that you will show us the way, how to be a light in our community, how to make a difference in the lives of others. And Father, whatever we're struggling with right now, I pray you'll just give us a chance to make things right so we can make a difference in the lives of those around us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Before we close this morning, I just want to give you a chance to respond.